0: Welcome to Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength, the podcast where we shine a spotlight on the incredible journey of moms who are raising children with special needs. I'm your host, Valerie, and I'm honored to bring you to a place where the voices of these amazing moms can be heard through a collection of narratives that embody resilience, hope, and strength. Whether you're a parent, a family member, a caregiver, a friend, or simply someone seeking to learn, join us as we embark on this journey of resilience, love, and connection. Get ready to be uplifted, enlightened, and inspired. This is Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength. I'm Valerie, and I'm so thrilled you've chosen to be part of our circle. Well, welcome to another episode of Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength podcast. I am excited to introduce Cassandra Gita, who is going to be our guest for today. So, we're excited to hear more about you, Cassandra, your story, and what you have to share with us. So, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Valerie.
0: You're very welcome. So before we start, I just wanted myself, because I'm curious, and our audience to know a little bit more about you. What's one unique thing about you?
1: Well, I think the one unique thing about me is that I don't think like everybody else. If you're doing one thing, I'll probably do the opposite of you.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let's celebrate uniqueness. And everyone, as you say, is different. And it's that's okay. It's cool to be you. All yeah. right. <laughs> So one of the next things I'd love to know is a little bit about your journey as a special needs mom.
1: Well, it's had, it's been a roller coaster. It has ups and downs. My son actually was born prematurely. He was 26 weeks and it was he was in the hospital for about three months. So that was the first part of it. Mm-hmm. And then he never crawled and then he learned to walk. And then he was diagnosed with autism when he was two years old. And basically, it's been, you know, some ups and downs with that. His father passed about four years ago.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that.
1: Well, thank you. That
0: must have been tough.
1: Yeah, because he actually was the stay-at-home parent. So Mm -hmm. I had to basically get used to doing everything. Mm -hmm. You know, we never had to use daycare. And of course, daycare doesn't work for him. And basically, I ended up losing my job because I couldn't work a full-time schedule
0: hmm.
1: So, so lots of
0: changes. Yeah. Wow. So I just want to take you back to a minute for the three months in hospital. Can you tell us like how that was for you?
1: Well, it was a lot. I mean, we went every day except for maybe one day we didn't go, but we called to let them know we're not going to come. But the whole... The, pregnancy was difficult. And even with the delivery, he was breached and the placenta ruptured. It was just a lot going on that particular day. And I think I was in the hospital for about a week. Mm -hmm. And during the time that we saw him during those three months, I mean, we saw the difference in the changes, like when he started getting breast milk and you know how the color was coming into him. And we could see that he had his own personality and things were progressing. And You know, there was one, there were a couple of challenges, but we were able to overcome them. Yeah. And when he finally got to come home, it was great when he finally got to come home because he was one pound, 10 ounces when he was born. Wow. Yeah. And so when he got out of the hospital, he was about five pounds.
0: That would be quite the journey. I work in healthcare, my husband and I. And so going to work in healthcare for my job would be very different than being a consumer and- being there to care for a loved one, whether it be a baby, whether it be a parent or sibling, whatever the case may be. So I'm just in my mind, just trying to imagine all that you would have to take in to go and see your baby every day, pretty much every day, I'm going to say every day, and not be able to bring your baby home. How is that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was hard because even when he was in the incubator, they only gave you a few minutes to hold him and then they would come and take him. Okay, you got to put him back in. So it was hard, you know, to have to let him go.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned that a lot happened four years ago. You lost your husband, which is a huge stress. And then on top of that, you had to give up your job. And then figure out care for your son. And I'm also trying to imagine what the transition for your son was like to not have his dad anymore. How was that for you and him?
1: Well, at first, well, he had some behaviors that came back that we had worked on because mm-hmm. he, he liked to grab fingers and we had, he was getting physical therapy for that and they had diminished. But then once his father passed, you know, those behaviors came back and then, you know, his teacher said that was normal. But then they, you know, once time passed, they subsided and, you know, he would sometimes sit and be sad. And I'd be like, do you miss your dad? Say, he would say yes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as time went on, you know, things got better over time and their family was there for us. Like his grandparents, you know, my mom was able to watch him over the summer and his great aunt, you know, and so there were family that was there to, to watch them while I went to work or if I just needed time away. Because I did mm-hmm. take some time around Thanksgiving of that year to just, I went to the mountains by myself because I just needed that time away. And I did spend some time, you know, with my mom, you know, for a few days. So I kind of broke it up, but it was good to have that time to myself to just regroup. Right.
0: There would be a lot of processing that would be needing to, to happen. And I'm just so glad you saw and recognized the need to have some me time, quote unquote, just a time to get away. I love the mountains. I have to say though, water is my favorite being by the sea, being by the ocean. I live close to the mountains now. And so they're a close second, (laughs) but I appreciate getting into nature and just being able to, like you say, regroup, and just process and and start contemplating what the future is going to look like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love nature and I love being by the water as well.
0: Yeah, yeah so calming. Just, I find it yeah. so peaceful. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you, Cassandra. What's the most important lesson that you've learned in life?
1: Well, I think that people aren't always as genuine as they say that they are. They're not always going to be there like they say, you know, because people, a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people that I've encountered, they typically have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And so I think the thing is to just know that everyone you meet does not necessarily care about you. Not saying that you shouldn't make friends or anything, but just be mindful of who you let in your life and who you let in your child's life.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important to make sure that we're bringing in positive influences. There's enough negativity in the world. We don't need to add to it. So I, I agree the fact that we need to be vetting who we're bringing into our children's lives and also who we're letting take up a lot of our time and space. I know myself, as I've matured, I'm recognizing, you know, if this relationship is not serving me, if it's not mutually beneficial, and I might as well end it. And it takes some courage to do that. And it's taken me to mature to be able to, to look at that and do it. But I have to say that the relationships or the friendships or the acquaintances that I've let go, I'm not missing. And I feel that I've got more time and energy to put into things that are much more positive and that are going to impact my life in a greater way.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of it took place in the last four years. I've let go a lot of friendships and I don't miss them I mean because they weren't beneficial to me or my family- mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so I'm curious now Cassandra to know what your role as a parent of a child with special needs how that has influenced your own personal aspirations and goals
1: oh it's had a great influence when he was first diagnosed I took some time off from the job there was a lot going on at that particular time with my my husband at the time and so and then in that i did a lot of research because i didn't really understand what autism was and where it came from and then when i started researching the rabbit hole just got deeper and deeper and then i decided to start a blog and write about this stuff and then as time went on because i used to be a scientist i was working in the lab and then i somehow you know in my research i discovered health coaching i said huh health coaching and then I decided to pursue that because I myself had overcome two chronic illnesses on my own without using medication. So that became, that ignited my passion for, you know, the health. And I decided to get my certification as a health coach. And I finished in 2019, it just so happens, 2019. And I love that I can make my own hours and work from home because I know with working in science, you have, they expect you to be on site. They don't necessarily care about, you know, your family or anything like that and you're expendable. And so I love having, making my own hours and just being able to be there for my son and pick him up from school and take him there and just be there for whatever he needs. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. much more rewarding.
0: I love that. Love that. So health coach, so graduated in 2019. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, that kind of work, you can set your own hours and you can mold that around your family life, your own schedule, your child's schedule, and just make it mesh for you. So that's amazing. And I'm curious, what were your two health challenges that you overcame?
1: I had high cholesterol and I had pre-diabetes.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, congratulations on kicking those.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Amazing.
0: All right. So as a health coach, I'm sure you're very familiar with self-care. That's one of the things that I love to encourage people to be participating in because as moms and especially moms of kids with special needs, often we put ourselves on the back burner because there's so much to get done. We are advocating for our children. We are caring for our children. We are organizing and orchestrating events and appointments and everything for our children. So, And then on top of that, we may have a job. And then on top of that, maintaining a home and on top of that, maintaining relationships. So it's a lot. We're wearing a lot of hats. So often, you know, the thought might come in, I need to start taking care of better care of myself, but where is this time going to come from for me to do that? And so, yeah, I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to it. That was my go-to phrase. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. So what do you do for self-care?
1: Well, typically I like to take walks and, you know, like I was saying, I love nature. So I love walking on the trails and it just, and if I can be by the water, it's, it's also very relaxing And I also love to read.
0: Mm -hmm. And what kind of reading do you like to do?
1: Well, I read mysteries. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm reading a book called Lessons in Chemistry. And it because it is so telling it kind of I can relate to the character in a lot of ways. So I'm reading that right now. I read scriptures Mm -hmm. and that's the ability. And sometimes I like to read romance sometimes, but lately it's been mysteries.
0: That's cool. That is on my bucket list of things to do. I loved reading when I was younger and made the time to do it. And now as I'm, I like to say mature, I don't like to say I'm older. I like to say I'm mature. Uh, Reading is not something that I do much of for fun. I too read the scriptures and I'm fortunate my husband and I are of the same faith and we study together. So we often are reading the scriptures in the morning before we start our day. It's beautiful. Um, Yes, thank you. Uh, Reading is something that I would love to do because I found it more relaxing. Mysteries? I don't know that that would be my favorite, but you never know. (laughs) I get too impatient. I want to know what's going on. So I think I'd be going to the back of the book to try and figure it out.
1: Yeah, I read Nancy Drew when I was younger. (laughs) That's how it started.
0: Okay. Okay. So this has been a lifelong thing. (laughs) Love it. Love it. All right, what are some of the biggest challenges that you face as a parent of a child with special needs and how have you overcome them?
1: Well, I would say navigating with the school system. Mm. Yeah, because kindergarten, that wasn't a good year for my son because they they really didn't understand how to work with autistic children. Mm -hmm. They would call it eloping. He would elope out of the school building, just walk out of the school building and they were constantly emailing or calling me well he did this what did we do what do we do had to always leave work to go to a meeting you know because they didn't know what to do or they had questions and um basically we ended up having to get him out of that school and for first grade he was at a different school and then that was even worse for him Hmm. unfortunately And then that program transferred to another school. And then from second grade to fifth grade, he did very well because the staff was very equipped and they knew what they were doing as far as working with children like RJ, my son RJ. And middle school, that started off as a challenge. And so there had to be some changes made with his IEP, but he ended up having a good year. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: here we are, we're gonna start school tomorrow, seventh grade everything right now seems to be good you know they have they put him in a program they didn't just stick him in us in they call it his home school like the school is close to his house but just they found the program that would be best suited for him so we're going to see how that works in the first couple of weeks and then if not then there's an alternative program he can do so I think that has been probably the the ups and downs with the school system, just finding the right program for him, which is will small class size
0: mm, mm-hmm. I think a lot of parents will relate to what you're saying right now, yeah, school can be extremely challenging. so what you mentioned an alternative school if school that school that he's going to start in the next day or so, if that doesn't work out, so what does alternative school look like?
1: Well, it'd be more of an alternative program. He'd be the same school, but because I got a call last week saying, you know, if this program doesn't work, then we have another program that may work for him if he does, you know, because the program that he now they say it moves fast. So if he can keep up, it's fine. But if he doesn't, then there's another program that he can do.
0: Okay. Okay. So if I'm understanding you correctly, so he's going to be within the same school, but they have some alternate tracks or programs that he can sort of be a part of. So they're going to try with the one. So the one that he's going to be trying, is that more
1: mainstream? I would say that's, that's more specified. Okay. And they say it goes fast paced. And then the other one is more of a resource program.
0: Okay. Okay. And are you hedging your bets or you're just going to wait and see?
1: I'm going to wait and see because my son is smart, but you know, he, May not be able to express himself, Mm -hmm. like speak in words, Mm -hmm. if you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah, that's the part.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does he use a communication device, or or Um, does he have speech?
1: He he did have one last year. He did have an AT device that um, he did have last year. So I'm hoping that this year that they will bring that back. Mm -hmm. They he would use it to communicate what he wanted for lunch. Oh, if he was going to eat at the cafeteria or how he was feeling, but he can always, he can tell you how he's feeling usually.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. My oldest has cerebral palsy and uses a communication device. And so it's just been a game changer to be able to have her express what she wants. That's usually the first thing I want. Yes. (laughs) Did spend quite a bit of time in her younger years, working on emotion because she too, even though she has cerebral palsy, she has a dual diagnosis. We believe that she's on the spectrum as well. Not been formally diagnosed because it's very difficult to formally diagnose a nonverbal child as far as the standardized testing. And so, but clinically she's showing symptoms for sure, showing signs and symptoms of, of autism. So it's just been a game changer for her to be able to, tell us what she wants, but we worked a lot on emotions and just trying to have her understand what emotions were. So I remember we had sort of, you know, a system where when we were chatting and trying to engage in conversation, who, what, when, where, and why. So she would have to answer all of those with whatever it was she was telling us. And so that system worked really well. So then it got to a place where she was able to tell us a little bit more about how she was feeling about things, and be able to comment on things. So yeah, it's a whole, whole thing. And she did really well. She did really well.
1: That's great. Yeah. Now we're working on, I guess him to gauge others, other people's emotions, how Mm -hmm. other people are feeling. So that's what we're working on now. That's kind of, we touched on that this summer when he took classes because he goes to some of USY every year. So that was what they touched on. Just, you know, he has to learn how to read emotions from Mm -hmm. others.
0: Yes. Yes. Love that. My youngest was diagnosed with high functioning autism last year, last summer. So they are now 18. So this was a little bit of a surprise to us. And that was one of the things that we never really picked up on was the fact that they struggled to pick up on other people's emotions and intonations, tone of voice and all of those kind of things. So yes, it's, as I say, it has been a journey. It has been a journey. So learning lots always learning.
1: Always, always.
0: Yes. (laughs) So I'm going to ask now, Cassandra, where can our audience go to find out a little bit more about you?
1: Well, my website is havefaithandlivewell.com, all together, all lowercase. And of course, I'm on Facebook. I have a free Facebook group called Organically Reversing Chronic Illnesses. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Instagram as well.
0: Okay, thank you. I will put those in the show notes so that people can connect with you there. And before we conclude our conversation, I'd love to hear some words of encouragement from you for other moms and parents who are raising children with special needs. I'm just wondering if you have something that you would like to offer as far as encouragement, support, inspiration.
1: I would say definitely prayer is powerful always. Mm -hmm have you know the the god will always protect your child i always pray for protection when he leaves every day you know that most high protect him and also just like you said take care of yourself first because you have to be around to take care of others and you can't pour from an empty glass cuz make sure you keep your glass full because that way you can pour out much knowledge that's needed
0: Mm-hmm. yes love that well Cassandra thank you so much for being with me today and for sharing with our audience and I appreciate you sharing your journey I know it's not easy for any of us but if we can be a light to someone else and help them along their journey that's what we're all about so thank you so much for being with me today appreciate it enjoy the rest of your day and tune in for next week where we'll be interviewing another guest on the podcast thanks so much Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength. We hope today's story has touched your heart, opened your mind, and reminded you that even in the face of challenges, there is always light to be found. By opting to follow this podcast, you remain connected to the power of strength and unity, the potential of love to overcome challenges, and the beauty of a community that understands. If you, as a special needs mom, are looking for connection with other moms and an opportunity to gain some insight and to share your insight, then check the show notes for the link to join the Special Needs Moms Circle of Strength Facebook community. Love to see you there. Until we meet again, continue to draw from the circle of strength that surrounds you, find courage in the stories we share, and know that you are never alone on this journey.